This is Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode number 97. In this episode, we talk about something we are both passionate about, which is the importance of balancing the completion of routine tasks with operating from the top of your scope of practice to deliver safe, quality care. Stay tuned. Hi, healthcare leaders. I'm Tracy Christofferson. And I'm Michelle Trosett. We're your hosts for Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, and we are so grateful you joined us today. You're about to see healthcare problems and challenges through a brand new lens and take your leadership to a whole new level with this podcast. We've coached healthcare leaders from across North America for over 30 years as they strive to establish healthy healing organizations and thriving work cultures. This is the only podcast that shows healthcare leaders how to apply polarity thinking the missing logic in healthcare to their reoccurring challenges so they can stop wasting time, money, and resources on fixes that fail. If you want to create a healthy healing organization where staff and leaders thrive and perform at their highest level, where values are aligned, outcomes are sustainable, and the highest quality of care is delivered, then this podcast is for you. Keep listening. Each week, you're going to learn how to leverage a polarity mindset and manage competing priorities as we use a polarity lens to explore everyday challenges with the leaders who are striving to manage them. We're thrilled you're here. Hello, listeners. This is Tracy. And Michelle. Can you believe that? She's back here again with me. (laughs) I know. I'm stuck to her. She is. Stuck like glue, two peas in a pod, peanut butter and jelly. What else have we been called? (laughs) Peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. Yeah. Peas and carrots. We usually say that at the golf course because our balls are always in the same place. Even our balls land in the same place. (laughs) I can't wait to golf again. (laughs) Me either. Oh, well, today we're going to be talking about what, Michelle? We're going to be talking about routine tasks and scope of practice. Yeah. And uh, this this goes way back for both of us, right? Way back. Way back. Way, 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 way back. <laughs> and, you know, not surprisingly, it's as relevant today as it was way, way back then. <laughs> I know. I know. Well. And this is really, you know, part of the reason we got connected with each other, right? I mean, other than meeting and, you know, orientation, it was really what kind of drew us together to really work collaboratively together was that just really delineating out scope of practice and really understanding each other's scope of practice and and all the lessons we learned from Bonnie around institutionalized nursing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and this was a big part like of my whole professional development, I think, and my, my foray into interprofessional care. So this is deep seated for us, right? Yeah, I think we had that realization because we always, of course, valued collaboration. We knew it made such a big difference to us in our personal enjoyment and work and also patients. But we also know you couldn't collaborate and you couldn't integrate if you didn't understand what each other did. And that's why the scope of practice work was, well, it was transformational into how we cared for patients and how we we really collaborated with each other. Yeah. Well, and before us, there's some pretty heavy baked in 
routines and processes and structures that kept people kind of, you know, focused on just getting the task done, right? Like mm -hmm. check off the box. And, um, and so, you know, as we were up and coming as clinicians, right, this was kind of new. And in our organization, we were leaving it, right? Like, it's not just about getting the task done. It's, it's not an either or, right? And um, really recognizing there was more to every clinician, more to, um, you know, the team, really, um, when it came to, you know, caring for patients and delivering care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things for me, what got me excited about this work was that, you know, I didn't feel like people really knew the depth of what I did. And, you know, I just wanted somebody to recognize I did more than turn knobs and give breathing treatments. <laughs> That's the <laughs> a therapist, right? There yeah. was more to me than met the eye. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> and I just, you know, and so I think, you know, that's where I kind of got excited about, you know, about really learning more about others as well. And I can just remember learning about the scope of practice of the nurse and going, really? I never knew that. I never knew that. Right. And, yeah. and I think all of us were having those kind of ahas, like I didn't realize that was a part of your scope of practice. And so, yeah. And, and then I dedicated two years to uncovering this for every almost, well, a lot of the bedside clinicians revealing their scope of practice and spent two years interviewing people, groups of professionals. Oh, it was really, I still have the tapes. Oh my goodness. We're going to have to whip those out some Friday evening. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be something to listen to those again? I, oh my I still have big box of them because back wow. then we didn't have Zoom. We didn't right. have a lot of this, right? We we were taping on a, you know, a cassette player. <laughs> right, right. On phone calls across yeah. the United States and Canada. Yeah. Yes, I remember Tracy at one uh, conference, she was doing a poster presentation on scope of practice and she was so passionate and her hands were waving and we put a bunch of little scope mouthwash bottles all over the picture because <laughs> she's like, it's all about the scope. Scope, scope, scope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I think too, you know, it's that understanding individually but then understanding collectively that yes. just was so groundbreaking and so important and and um and so we're going to talk a little bit more about that today because we still have some of the same challenges as leaders and so we're going to talk about that because what's important here is safe quality care is dependent on both of these Mm -hmm. It's dependent on both the efficiency of completing routine tasks their tasks have to be done right? And they have to be done efficiently and effectively, right? But also it's dependent on the delivery of the unique services that are within the full scope of practice of each of the health professionals. It's that critical thinking and judgment skills and everything else we bring to our engagements with our patients that is also influencing safe quality care. So that's why we're here to talk about this today. <laughs> and you know what if you're you are an overwhelmed healthcare leader you feel frustrated maybe exhausted you might even be frustrated um maybe even feeling conflicted right at this point um and 
you are also facing increasing responsibilities for yourself and increasing workloads for the staff. So on top of all that, you've got this, right? Something that you need to address and, and manage and you maybe feel the pressure of being responsible for the safety and quality of the care delivered by these clinicians, either on your unit or in your department. And you probably are already recognizing, right, that operating from the top of the clinical license or scope of practice, whatever is appropriate for the clinician, um, is as equally as important as those routine tasks for patient care. Yes, and there's challenges um, that come with this. And so we want to talk about some of those as well. And, you know, one of the challenges is clinicians may not be clear on their scope of practice. And I always used to be so intrigued when I would interview uh, nurses uh, and would ask them to articulate their scope of practice. You'd hear all different kinds of things <laughs> and you wouldn't think so. But it, again, it brings forward that people have a hard time about articulate their scope of practice because they're not clear on it completely. And a lot of that goes to back to what Tracy said. We have a history of over-focusing on routine tasks and getting our tasks done and, you know, having our cardex and making sure all the boxes are checked and, you know, following doctor's orders could be seen as the primary role of getting those tasks done. And so it could be limiting. It's also not discussed in continuing education. There's a lot of emphasis on skills and policies. And in fact, we you know we used to have a skills lab that you'd have to do every year, and it was all focused on the tasks. I created one of those for the respiratory department after I saw <laughs> the nurses doing it. <laughs> I'm like, hey, we need to do that too. But you're right; like, it wasn't really representative of that deeper practice. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, well, and another thing, too, is there's a lot of pressure on clinicians to get work done fast. In fact, we would judge each other on how fast you got the work done, right? And, you know, you always had to empty the trash bag, the trash can into your shift. So it just, it was not talked about as an expectation um, that you needed to be clear and articulate and really also lead from your scope of practice. Uh, just wasn't the norm. And the other thing that happens and another challenge, especially during these challenging times right now, it's really important to be aware of this, is that when you are practicing under times of stress, um, you can default back to what we used to call institutional practice or task, just really lean on that task pole. And uh, this is probably the time when full scope of practice is needed the most. So it's important to be aware of that, what can happen when you're pressed for time or when you're in a high acuity situation and facing a lot of different competing demands. Yeah, well, you know, it takes time and intention to, to step into that full scope, right? And when you're rushed, like you just wanna just do the thing, right? But that's when, we're at, when our patients are at risk or we're just doing the task and we're not, doing the critical thinking, not making the appropriate judgments and assessments, right? And, um, and that's, that's where that safety starts to fail, right? Right. The other thing is we're not aware of each other's scope of practice. Um, if we're not, we don't access their full capability. So kind of my dilemma earlier, right? Like I can do more than this. I'm doing more than this. And um, for many, you know, they're only, we're only accessing their 
your capabilities in a very narrow lane. You like, I get like to think about speech language pathologists, right? They're always tapped for swallowing, right? But not some of the cognitive and other elements of their scope of practice. So there was so much more mm -hmm. um, that clinicians could bring. But the thing is, you got to be able to articulate it, right? You got to be able to say, here's my, this is within my scope of practice. This is what I can do for these patients. And you almost got to advocate for it. And you can't advocate for your scope if you can't articulate it. And that was the work that we were doing with clinicians all across the country was let's delineate it down in a way that you can articulate it. It wasn't to replace what was created by professional organizations or any of that, right? It wasn't about replacing, it was about articulating and understanding it so that we could develop tools to support it right mm -hmm. um and you know the other thing is we see people through our own lens and we were having a conversation on a previous podcast about this um i don't know if that one will run before or after this one but it was on another podcast where we were talking about we tend to look through our own professional eyes our own professional lens and we don't all see things the same way. Each profession doesn't see or analyze situations in the same way. And so when you only see through your lens, you're missing pieces. You don't necessarily have the whole picture, right? And you can't always see the scope of practice in action. And this is where I have my big aha about nurses, right? Because I'm like, oh yeah, they give meds and they do baths and they do IVs and they do this and that. And it was all what I could see with my eyes. But I never knew about nursing diagnosis, right? Like, oh my gosh, what is that? You know, and when are you doing that? <laughs> because I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. You know, it wasn't necessarily like a, a task or a concrete right. way that I was able to observe. So therefore, I was oblivious to it. And that's when I realized, well, if I don't know that about them, what don't they know about me? And what don't we know about the other clinicians that were around us, right? Oh, absolutely. Learned so much. Yeah. Just yeah. so much. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing about really, it's really important for scope of practice and understanding it and articulating it and being consistent with it is trust. Mm -hmm. And you can have interprofessional collaboration if you can't trust. And so, you know, clarity and expectations around scope of practice really brings trust to the interprofessional team because they know what they can expect from you. They know what they can rely on you for. And so that's another really, really important element um, of this. Mm -hmm. All right, we are about halfway through this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. And we wanna take a moment to share that we are very excited about a new program we've released. Let's face it, you and your teams have been through some incredibly stressful times. And it's challenging to know how to support the team and still take care of yourself in the process. We help healthcare leaders become thriving, resilient, and unstoppable leaders. We've recently created a new self-study program titled Caring for Others Without Neglecting You. In this self-study, you will begin to develop polarity intelligence to leverage the tension in your life and create your own personalized strategy for balancing caring for your team and you. Go over to missinglogic.com forward slash new dash events to learn more and enroll today. Well, you know, Tracy, we did have a guy that tried to tell us this a long time ago. You want to know who it is? Well, I already know. <laughs> <laughs> but our listeners might want to know. <laughs> well, it was Florence Nightingale, of course. Well, of course. 
<laughs> of course. Who else? Her, Who else would it be? Her, with her lamp showing us the way Reading more the than way. 150 years ago. Florence said this, this hospital is so busy in such a hurry that we are falling into bad habits before we're even aware. And uh, it's so true, right? And so to overcome the habits, you know, we have to create new habits and those habits have to be supported by tools, infrastructures, and processes. And leaders. And leaders. <laughs> and leaders to lead the way with the lamp. That's <laughs> right. Like Show us the way, Flo. <laughs> yeah, and so that is why in our healthy healing organization, our H2O framework process is one of the three pillars and performance is another. And they work together to aid you in measuring how well the tension between task and scope of practice is leveraged, as well as identify how effective the current tools, infrastructures, and processes are in supporting both, right? You always got to start where you're at. Well, how well are they working today? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, let's just talk about a few of these, right? So we think about infrastructures that can support full delivery of scope of practice, like all the way to the top of the scope, right? Like every element of it. You know, there's a few that to really be considered. Um, and even if you may have them, changing them, adapting them to, to bring this element to them. And one is, of course, interprofessional shared governance councils. Michelle and I led a number of those, re really kind of led the way in getting those implemented, you know, uh, in our organization that we worked in and then across the healthcare organizations in North America. Um, because clinicians need a place to come together to talk with each other about their scope and about practice outside of standing at the bedside in the immediate need of a patient, right? So you need that other place yes. to have these kinds of conversations and learn, right? Um, the other is, you know, even pro profession-specific councils is a great place to talk with your colleagues about what is our scope of practice? What are we accountable for? How are we delivering care? How are we consistent or inconsistent, right? So even, you know, you can do that. I think that's a necessary compliment to the interprofessional because you got to do your own work. If you're not clear yourself, you can't communicate it to anybody else, right? Right. And then evidence-based tools are the other thing because that make, can make your scope of practice come to life with tools that you use, right, to care for patients. Um, yeah. And then go ahead. Well, I was going to say with evidence-based tools too, um, it really, it really invites that clarity based on the evidence and it could be just a great way to have everyone come together around that. So that's such a great example. Well, and I think too, the other thing is the complexity of care. Yeah. Right. So it's a lot to be responsible for today. So you need tools, you need evidence-based tools at your fingertips to guide you and help you because it's all a whole lot to hold in your head and to know, right? So you exactly. need those resources available and you want to be evidence-based, right? Because that's the height of your scope, right? That's the top of your license or your practice. Mm -hmm. um, and that brings consistency to your point. Yep. Now, the other thing is interprofessional rounds. And now we were doing rounds before rounds were rounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved interprofessional rounds because that's when you could really advocate for your scope of practice. 
Yes. That's when you could bring forth your knowledge and bring forth what you were responsible for and what you could do for the patient. And, and I just love hearing from others, but also having that opportunity to clarify and to bring forth my own scope, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and then the other, another thing is the processes, right? To encourage that full scope of practice. And one of those is professional exchange report. I'll tell you sometime, I'm going to pull out this little video of Michelle teaching people how to do professional exchange. And it is a hoot. <laughs> but the point is, historically, professional exchange was how much did you get done? <laughs> and did you check off all the boxes? And is there anything left for me to do yes. <laughs> that you didn't do? Right? Yep. For us, it was how many treatments are left over? How many treatments didn't you get to, right? Like that kind of thing. Yep. So, um, you know, and it was just about did the tasks get done? And the, the focus was on the doing of the tasks. And it wasn't holistic. It wasn't broad, you know, around the full scope of practice, around individualizing care and all the other little things, right, that, that come with the full scope of practice. And then, of course, back to that is, again, the interprofessional rounds is a part of the process and articulating scope and, you know, all of those pieces. And Care conferences is another example, right, of a yeah, process yeah. and an opportunity to articulate scope of practice and to support, making sure you're tapping into the full scope of everybody at the table. Um, another area that for leaders to really think about is performance evaluations. And again, sometimes that tends to focus on tasks, right, and mm -hmm. how we're performing from a task perspective but really to bring in the critical thinking and the scope of practice aspects. of it. Right. 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 Yeah. And then evaluation, right. Of the, of what is currently in place. That's the first place to start. What do we have that fosters scope of practice? You know, just evaluating in your organization. Do we talk about scope of practice at our councils? Do we have continuing education about scope of practice for our profession? Like how are we talking about scope? interprofessionally like just evaluating is a key thing right around what is happening what is the level of knowledge and understanding great place to start is just yeah look at what you already have in place and again how is it showing up and are we doing are we talking about it are we demonstrating it yeah so here's some things you can think about is um like she said, go out and look, assess, you know, what is your staff's awareness about their full scope of practice? Just start having conversations about it. Um, kind of, you know, pick up the hood of the car and look underneath. What's yeah. going on <laughs> well, that's the best way to learn is to ask. Yes. What's your scope of practice? How would you describe your scope of practice? Mm -hmm. They might look at you like, what? <laughs> Scope of what? <laughs> Somebody right out of school probably would know. <laughs> um, also, um, it's really important that you provide educational support to clarify and strengthen scope of practice understanding and delivery. So that's something else to consider. Find out what you're doing today. And if it's not there, add it in. And then uh, engaging staff from across the health professions in dialogue about their scope of practice. Now, we can tell you firsthand, having done this in hundreds of organizations, it was always so amazing. Once you start the conversation, give that reflection time for um, health professionals individually to do it, but then you open up the door for them to have dialogue. 
it's always amazing. They always learn something about another health profession scope of practice they didn't know. So let's just start the dialogue. Yeah, we used to spend like two or three days in organizations just talking about scope of practice. People would get so jazzed. They were so excited to talk about, to stand up and talk about their scope of practice. They were so proud and, you know, there's just so much energy in the, in the room. And oh, I just love those days. <laughs> Now, you know, if you overfocus, now we know some truths here, and these are truths, right? Um, but if you overemphasize routine tasks and just focus on the completion of the routine tasks, um, you know, you're gonna, there's gonna be a downside. If you overfocus on the scope of practice, you're gonna experience some negative consequences, right? So we know that, you know, we want efficient, effective, consistent, competent delivery of care, and we wanna meet the unique needs of the patient and family. So we can't overemphasize one or the other, and we will lose all of that if we do. We will never get to those greater purposes, right? With that consistent, safe, quality care. So we can't overemphasize one more than the other. That we will fail. It's just guaranteed. Yep. Now, if we want to be successful, what we have to do is give equal attention to routine tasks and scope of practice. So that we can achieve that effective, consistent, competent delivery care. And what it is, is simultaneous attention. So it's not, okay, we're going to focus on task delivery and skills and, you know, and not do anything with scope for a long time. You got to be moving both of them forward and strengthening both of them at the same time. That's what's going to help you be successful and get you to that place of um, safe, quality, effective care. That's right. And it really takes effective leadership to get this done. It's and it's what Tracy and I say. It takes true healthcare leadership, which stands for the thriving, resilient, unstoppable healthcare leader. Because that type of leader is going to optimize care delivery by taking simultaneous action to strengthen both routine task and care based on scope of practice. And it's they're going to do this by implementing or evaluating the effectiveness of their infrastructures, their processes, and the tools like we talked about today. Yeah. So who doesn't want to be a true healthcare leader? Right. Leading the way. Balancing scope and task. <laughs> <laughs> Can't tell we're a little passionate about this, can you? <laughs> well... That's going to wrap up our episode on routine tasks and scope of practice. We hope that you've learned something, that you've enjoyed this episode. And we thank you for joining us for the, another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. And we will see you next time. And in the meantime, stay safe and healthy. See you next time. See you next time. Bye. Thanks as always for listening to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. You can find show notes and links at our website, missinglogic.com forward slash new dash podcast. If you're the kind of leader who wants to help others, then share this podcast with your peers and other healthcare leaders. We're certain if you found value in it, they will too. Please share this on your social media channels and leave us a review in iTunes. If you don't know how to leave a review, you can find instructions at the end of the show notes. We'd also love to hear and answer your questions. So if you have some questions, you can email us at questions at missinglogic.com. And we may include your question in a future episode. <laughs>